So, hello and welcome to this podcast about the UKCPO9 user interface. The previous podcast in this series was about UKCPO9 in general and I would recommend you watch that one before you start watching this. So, first of all, what are the advantages of the user interface? Well, the main one is that you can get access to those 25-kilometer grid squares, so you can really hone down and drill down into the data. You also can access all seven time slices in the key findings and the published material. It generally concentrates on just the 2020s, 2050s and 2080s. Uh, there's also a wider range of outputs that you can get. You can get the maps, you can get the graphs, you can also produce plume plots, uh, joint probability plots and box plots. And you can also get the raw data. So if you want to put this information into your own model, you can do that with the user interface. So now we're going to go into the user interface and I'm going to give you a demonstration and a walkthrough of the key features. So, this is the start page of the user interface. Whenever you want to build your request, this is where you'll start from. What we're going to do is go through some of the key features of the user interface, starting with the orange menu bar along the top. The first item on the orange menu bar is the start page icon, and that will take you back here. The next one along is my jobs, and if we click on this, it'll take us to a page where it stores our previously run jobs. On this page, you can store up to 100 jobs, and you can see the names down the left-hand side, and when you hover over, it gives you the details of the job. You'll notice that it doesn't give particularly interesting names, and we'll show you how to make a more relevant name later on. If you want to go back to a job, you can click on Resubmit, which is on the right-hand side under Usage Options, and that will take you back to the Outputs page where the job is completed. Alternatively, you can use the share link. And using this link, you can copy and paste the URL. And you can either put that into your browser bar at the top and email it to a colleague or save it in a Word document. If you email it to a colleague, they will then be able to cut and paste and put that into their own browser bar. And as long as they've registered with the user interface, they'll be able to see the output that you produced. And if you save it permanently, that is, complete record. No matter how long in the future you want to return to that job, you'll be able to go back there. So if we close that box down, and we'll go back up to the orange menu bar at the top. The next item is My Details, and this just tells you who you're logged in as, it gives you the passwords that you can update, etc. So just make sure you keep that page updated. The next key feature is called Using UKCPO9. And this takes you to the user guidance section of the Climate Projections website. And here you can see you have information on getting started, on the data sources, the products, UKCPO9 in practice, and here we have some worked examples, including some inappropriate uses. And of course, we have an FAQ section and a glossary. This is also a handy place to get access to the key findings, which, if you remember from the previous podcast, are those high-level text statements for the UK or for regions, and also for published material, where you can find those five reports and the maps and graphs that have been prepared for you.
So if we close this down and go back into the user interface, the next key feature on the orange menu bar is the UI manual. And if we click on this, this tells you how to build a request and gives you step-by-step -step instructions of how to use the user interface. Again, we'll close this window down to return to the user interface. If you can't find the answer to your question in any of those information sources, you can use the Need Help link. And this takes you to our Help Desk page. And here you can put in your inquiry, and at the moment we're turning them around in about 24 hours. You'll notice at the bottom that there's this rather silly question. Make sure you answer that correctly, otherwise your request will be screened out by our spam filters. So we'll return to the start page. And what I'm going to do now is start building a request and I'll highlight one or two other key features as we go through. So to start a new request, you click on start a new request. And in this instance, you get three choices of how you want to build your request from a data source, from a climate variable, or from a UK location. And we're going to choose data source. And we'll click on next. You then get a list of the data sources that are in UK CPO9. And we're going to choose UK probabilistic projections of climate change over land, the first one. And you get two options. Do you want the future climate change values or the absolute values? The difference between these is the future climate change gives you the change from that baseline period, 1961 to 1990. The absolute values gives you a figure of what is projected at that particular time in the future, say 32 degrees or 30 millimetres of rain per day in a particular month. We're going to choose the change values. And then you get a list of climate variables. Now you can choose as many variables as you'd like, but do be aware that if you choose more than two, you'll only be able to produce the raw data. So in this instance, I'm going to choose the change in mean daily maximum temperature and click on Next. You'll notice as we've gone through the user interface, there's a lot of these orange eyes and these are information boxes and they bring out a little bit of extra information about the item that they're next to. So in this case, if you didn't remember what a medium scenario was, it refers you back to the IPCC SRES scenario that it refers to. And we are going to choose medium. And click on Next. On the left-hand side, you'll notice the request status bar. And here you have a list of the decisions you've made, and in green are the ones that have been made before, in orange is the stage that you're at, and in red are the stages yet to come. And this is a handy way of knowing how far through the process you are. And if you want to go back and change something, you can click on one of the green links and return to that stage. Also on the left-hand side, you'll see the request summary and there is a list of all the decisions that you've made. Moving on to time periods. With the time periods, you can select one time period or you can select all the time periods. 
In this case, we're going to choose the 2050s. And in case you've forgotten, it reminds you the 30-year time period that the 2050s refers to. And then you choose your temporal average, and we're going to choose the summer. And we'll click on Next. And now we come to the Locations page. And here you can see the 25-kilometer grid overlaid over the UK. You can also get the administrative regions and the river basin boundaries as well. But in this instance, we want to get the finest level of detail, so we're going to choose a 25-kilometer grid. And if you want to produce a map of the whole UK, you have to use Select Entire UK Region, and the map will turn orange to indicate that you selected all the grid squares. And then we can click on Next. We get the list of the different output types, and you'll notice that some of the output types are greyed out. And that's because of the decisions you've made earlier in the process, those options are unavailable. But we want a map, so we can choose Map. It then asks us about the probability level. And in this case, we're going to choose the central estimate, the 50th percentile. And here, where it says, would you like to add a request description, this is where you can give your job a name. So I'm going to type in my own name. And that will appear on your My Jobs page, just to make it more relevant to you. And we'll click on Next. And now we've produced the output. And you can see the map that's being produced and the key on the right-hand side. If you want to alter that map, there are a few options. Firstly, you can use the magnifying glass to select a smaller area and zoom in. And then using the box at the bottom, there are a few other things that you can change. The first one, you can click to put the numbers onto the map, and you can see the relevant data for each of those 25-kilometer grid squares. You can also draw the administrative region boundaries or the river basins onto your map as well. On the right-hand side, you can see a list of the decisions you've made. If you'd like to change any of them, you can use the drop-down arrows and change your decisions. So you can change the variable, the emission scenario, and the time period. And once you're happy with those, you can reload the map with the new settings. And as you can see, this is now reloading with different settings. And finally, if you would like to save the request, you can save it as an image under a number of file formats, or you can save the data, again, in a variety of different formats. So that's a brief introduction to how to use the user interface, um, and we'll go on to talk about what other support is available. So where do you go from here? Well, we're not going to throw you out into the big wide world and expect you to be experts with the user interface straight away. We have a training team who are waiting to help you with the user interface and CP09 in general. We also have e-learning support. So if you go on the website you see here, click on the e-learning link, and there are guided walkthroughs like you've seen today, but going into more detail. We also have other online learning resources we produce series of webinars, and we have these podcasts and others available 
on our e-learning site. We're also developing communities of practice and these are people who are using the projections, using the user interface, getting on and discussing the best practice and how they can use it. So we'd like to remind you that CPO9 doesn't start and end with the user interface. You want to look at all the other products available and the other UK SIP tools. And if you want more help, do get in contact with us at UK SIP and you can contact the knowledge transfer team with specific questions. So thank you very much for your attention. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast series. I hope it's taught you a lot. And I hope you can go and start adapting and getting your organisation to become a well-adapting organisation. Thank you very much.